Hello, this is Brad Warren, and you're listening to Beyond the Event, a youth ministry podcast presented by Christ and Youth, where we help you maintain momentum between the mountaintops. We are in round two of talking about preaching, uh, but this time we are going to talk about middle schoolers. Uh, In conversations about preaching to junior high students, there are a lot of caricatures kind of 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 junior hires that tend to rise to the surface that they're squirrely and rambunctious and they have short attention spans and they're fidgety or talkative. And sometimes people think that junior high students are just plain hard to communicate to in in a large group setting. Um, Despite all of that, I am of the personal conviction, and I think CIY is of the conviction, uh, the junior high students are actually a really fun and engaging audience to preach to. Um, I remember going to a Believe back in 2019 in Louisville, Kentucky, and walking into a room full of a couple thousand junior high high students and their leaders. And I remember kind of like thinking that something w- was wrong um, because I could hear Heather Fleece and I could hear her preaching to junior high students but her voice was the only thing I could hear. I couldn't hear little giggles or comments being made or fidgeting or anything. Students were absolutely keyed into her. And it was honestly a little, like kind of spooky. Um, so I know that preaching a sermon to junior high students is something that can be done well. Um, and many of our communicators at Mix possess that same gift. You know, I'm thinking of like the Jeff Wallings and, and the Johnny Max of the world. But one of the very, very best of the best at that is today's guest, Katie Edwards. Katie uh, is a student ministry long hauler. She's been in junior high ministry at Saddleback Church in Southern California since 1996. And you cannot do ministry for that long at a church uh, the caliber of, of Saddleback without, well, first of all, I shouldn't presume that we we all are thinking this without the grace of Jesus, but also be without being an absolute rock star. And we we love partnering with Katie and having her teach on our stages because she is one of those people that just gets it when it comes to communicating to the very, very niche interests and needs of junior high students. And I think anyone who communicates with junior hires has a lot to learn from her. So I'm honored and excited that she agreed to join us today. Katie, welcome to Beyond the Event. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank Good. you for, I mean, I'm honored to be on this podcast, obviously. <laughs> okay. Um, I do ministry in the Midwest. You are in Southern California. Are you from California or are you a transplant? I am. I know born and raised in Southern California. I'm actually at my home church. So I've been at my church since I was 13, which is kind of crazy. That is so incredible. I lived in this community my whole life. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Tell me something uh, that about ministry in California that would be foreign to somebody. I'm sitting in Joplin, Missouri right now. Tell me what's different. Well, we're doing a lot of stuff outdoors like this week. That's amazing. I know that that for some people, the thought of outdoor ministry in January, Feb, March, April might be a little crazy, but um, I do appreciate that our church doesn't have any hallways. Everything is buildings connected by the outdoors. So um, that's probably one major difference between, you know, yeah. so we do, we have big events that happen outside. We have one coming up next weekend. <laughs> I love that. I just pulled up the weather app, uh, 60% chance of rain tomorrow and a low of 38 degrees. So yeah, yeah, this is about as cold as it gets. It's been a gloomy for three days. So most people are just depressed and not leaving their house <laughs> until the sun comes back out. So <laughs> gosh, try surviving a February in Joplin people. That's what I got to say. 
No, I I'm can't. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's let's dive into some of the things that we actually came here to talk about. Tell me, you've been at Saddleback, you said, since you were 13 years old, which is incredible. I want to know more about just what your time on staff has been there, has been like there. So tell me about some of your earliest memories on staff at Saddleback in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I, so I started serving as a volunteer in our junior high ministry when I was 17, a senior in high school. Um, and I had, I had a small group leader myself who, who said she thought I would be good at that. And so, um, that's who encouraged me to jump in. And so I led a small group for a few years and then joined the staff when I was 21. Um, and back then there actually weren't a whole lot of I didn't there we didn't have a lot of paid youth workers around at the time. And so um and I didn't see a whole lot of examples. So when they asked me to to work, I was like, you're gonna pay me to do <laughs> youth ministry? Like that's crazy. But I mean, I use pay loosely because it was like, <laughs> you know, eight hundred dollars a month full time or something. And I thought, jackpot, I love this. This is so cool. Um, but then a few years into being on staff, um, felt called uh, to youth ministry, um, to junior high specifically. I really love junior high, um, or at least the discipleship process around junior high. Um, it's funny to think of those early years of ministry because there was nothing like this. You know, there was no, like we were barely using the internet that was barely on the scene. I didn't even have a cell phone. Um, you know, we were barely using email. Like that was the new technology. So it is interesting to think about my first few years of ministry. They were just, um, when I look back now, it feels like the wild west, you know, we had no resources, no training, you know? Um, and so when I think of younger youth work, workers stepping into ministry now, and you have things like this that are a resource, um, I just didn't have a whole lot of that stuff. So we were kind of learning as we grew up in ministry, uh, you know, and I loved that, but it's funny. There's things that are the same too, you know, even though culture has evolved and technology hasn't evolved, um, I've been a small group leader for, you know, 32 years, I think. Um, so that hasn't changed. Leading a small group and helping, you know, helping teenage girls uh, fall in love with Jesus and follow him. There's a lot of things that I do the same with my small group that I did with that very first small group, you know, ways that I yeah. spend time with them or write notes to them or things like that. So it's interesting that there's some pieces of youth ministry that for me have never changed. And then a whole lot of things that have super changed. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you love working with junior hires or the discipleship process. It was kind of like the caveat you made there. What is it about junior high students that draws you to them and that, you know, kind of calls you to be so invested in their discipleship? I, middle school is such an exciting turning point when it comes to faith development. So, um, middle school, really like the beginning of seventh grade, end of sixth grade is really where they're turning this corner developmentally. And you're really putting them on the pathway or the trajectory towards adult faith. Cause that's when the process of becoming an adult starts is middle school. That's when they go through all the developmental changes that it's the beginning of the process. And I think there's something really important and crucial about colliding with a middle schooler as that process is beginning. I think there are things, seeds that you can plant and truths that you can help them, that you can repeat over and over again, that help put them on a path towards lifelong faith. 
middle school ministry is so crucial to keep, to help them fall in love with the church, um, give them a picture of what it looks like to be an adult in the church eventually. So doing things like the same kind of stuff that you would do later, um, it's crucial to, to get them connected before they go to high school, because if those habits aren't formed, I think it's harder to, um, it's harder to bring a high schooler into the church um, than it is to move a middle schooler into the high school ministry. And so I think middle schoolers have tons of time on their hands. Not a lot of people want to hang out with them or think that they're special. So if you create an environment that loves who they are, that lights up when you see them um, and you help them understand that belonging in the body is, is what that environment can be week to week. Um, you have the opportunity to capture somebody for the rest of their lives. There's a lot of people who will say as adults that a middle school summer camp, a middle school collision, a middle school being invited in middle school, even if they walked away from faith in college or as an adult, a lot of times they've got a middle school seed that was planted because it's just such a crucial time. So I think it's a very exciting time in the discipleship process to put them on that path towards adult faith. Yeah, that's really cool. I, um, you were bringing back a lot of memories in my own life as you were saying that. Like middle school is when I fell in love with the church. Middle school is when I began serving on the like I was part of a mobile church, and my dad would help. Uh, he ran sound, so he would help like set up and tear down um, in the big room, and I would go with him and and like roll cables and help him with that. And so, like as you're saying that, even I can see reflections of that in my own life. And that's really cool. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, when I started working at CIY, well, th this past year, I, I called the youth pastor at my church and I said, Hey, I want to get involved. And he said, do you want to do high school or middle school? And I said, high school, please. And he said, <laughs> um, well, I thought you might say that, but we really, really, really like for people to start with fifth graders and go mm. all the way through and we have a lot of college students in our area. And he said, we really don't get a lot of people like you who are like established professional people who might be around here for the next, you know, eight years. He's like, would you start with a group of, of fifth graders? And I was like, I, I guess, you know, I don't, I, that doesn't sound fun to me. And it's been the best. Like they just, they are like, if you're if you're willing to engage them on the things that they care about, they are such a fun group and such an engaging group. And I know that um, I'm glad that we got a chance to kind of talk about the discipleship process um, for a, a junior hire and what a pivotal role the church can play in a junior hire's life at that age. Um, but I, I I wanted to have you on here to talk about preaching to junior high students. And I know um, I just want to acknowledge this again. I acknowledged it in our last episode. I, I want to say this again. I know that preaching is a part of, of ministry programming. I know that it is not the end all be all. It, it's, it's not even the center point really of what we do when we get students together. Um, but it is an important piece. It's important to teach and to teach well, um, and to teach in a way that's engaging to, to junior highs. And, um, a minute ago, I rattled off some of the kind of, um, you know, some of the cliches about junior high students that they're distracted, that they're noisy, they're rambunctious. What do you like? What do you let's redeem that a little bit. What do you love about teaching junior high students in a large group setting? Yeah. 
Well, I think an important thing, an important learning for me around the squirreliness, because I think it's like the immediate, the physical movement and responses of a middle school room. If you've got six or more middle schoolers in a room, you're seeing physical movement when you're teaching probably. But what I've realized is that even if they're moving or talking or doodling or they're still hearing things, they're still soaking things in, especially these these younger generations because they're used to scrolling and listening to music and doing homework all at the same time. So <laughs> there's obviously some some downsides to technology, but they, they're, they're growing up being multitaskers, honestly, with like soaking in content. And so I always find that there are times when a student will come up to me after a message and the squirreliest kind of the room will say, Oh, I really loved that. I felt like God spoke to me in this one moment. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way you were moving the whole time. You were, you threw your candy bar across the room. You laid down at one point, like, there is no way God spoke to you, you know? And so I think as a, as, as an adult, there's sometimes that I think there's a proper posture to receive content, but for middle school, I think the rules don't necessarily apply that, there obviously is a respect and I want to command the room, but at the same time, I can appreciate who they are and where they're coming from. And I recognize that they can soak things in, even if I think nothing's happening. And that that's the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. We as preachers attaching to the idea that God can do something in the midst of any environment. And we really are meant to be vessels. So I think if you're just learning to preach, middle school is an excellent place for you to cut your teeth because you learn that concept of God is at work. His word does not return void. It doesn't matter what's happening in the room. Obviously, I don't want a kid to be disrespectful to me or whatever, but at the same time, it's like God can move in any setting. And I think a middle school setting really teaches you that. Um, my senior, my former senior pastor, um, Pastor Rick Warren, he used to say, if you can teach in middle school, you can teach anywhere in the church. I believe that. Because there's just things that you learn about communicating really complex things in simple statements, you know, or boiling something complex into a couple of clear points. Um, a lot of times we make things really complex when we're preaching. It's not a negative thing, but um, but I do think there's something that I really appreciate about speaking to the middle school room. I also think it's really fun. They laugh out loud at stories. Sometimes they talk back and respond. Um, so for me, I just enjoy the interaction with whatever the what's it, with whatever's happening in the room. Yeah. So I view it more as no matter how large the crowd is we're just sitting here talking about this thing, you know, and I think that serves me well in middle school. Yeah. So I, my nature, Katie is, um, I like order. Um, (laughs) I, I like, you know, when I go to church, um, if I'm distracted, I am not learning. I am not retaining information. I'm not absorbing like I'm distracted. And so it's hard for me not to like project that onto people if I'm standing on a stage preaching um, a little bit and and I see fidgeting or talking or, or whatever and and I immediately think like, okay, if that's me, I'm not listening to, to what's happening. I'm not absorbing what's happening. And my instinct, and I've had to fight against this a little bit, is kind of to like discipline in that moment or to like try to get the room back in yeah. maybe like 
I'm going to say a heavy handed way. I'm not like screaming at them. You know what I mean? But (laughs) hey, guys, pay attention. Stay with me, you know, kind of thing. Did you ever go through a phase like that or do you utilize that at all? I'm just curious if I'm the only one who does that or or it it doesn't sound like based on what you're saying that you feel like that's necessarily an effective thing to do. And I don't either. But I'm curious, like how you kind of learned through some of that, if you if you engaged in that at all. I definitely think with middle schoolers, there are times where you have to wrangle the room. You know, if you tell a story that causes them to turn to their neighbor, you know, and like, oh my gosh, that happened to me, you know, like they'll have real time conversations within the message. So if I say, oh my gosh, I peed my pants in this play, you know, then they'll <laughs> turn to their own pee your pants story, you know, yeah. so they, they're engaging and interacting. So I'm mindful of that. But I, I've, when I'm wrangling the room, a lot of times it's, I just keep it lighthearted. Like I've just have some catchphrases that I think I use over and over again with my students. So they kind of know that means, you know, like I'll say, okay, come back to me, you know, but I say it in a really lighthearted way, come back, come back, come back. Okay. I want you to hear this, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'll, I'll partner up something that feels lighthearted with like, you've got to hear this thing, you know, or you guys, I have a story for you. So I bring like a drama into storytelling and most middle schoolers will click back into a story or to tone. Yeah. So I would say the tone you use, you can, you, um, you can wrangle the room lightheartedly and then bring in some tone to kind of pull them back in. But I have to do that every time I preach. It's like, all right, all right, come back, come back, come back. Is everybody back? Okay. You know, so I think there's some of that too, you know, that's like, um, that's just part of middle school. I, it used to make me mad in the beginning. Like when I first started preaching to junior hires, I, I know what you're talking about, like wanting order, like this is important stuff. Like you need to hear what, what's happening here. God put this message on my heart. But um, I think I've just learned to relax with the audience a little bit and not let things frustrate me or make me mad, but more like, I'm not afraid to wrangle or like, okay, hey, shh, be quiet right now. Cause I want you to hear this thing. Like I try to just keep in a real lighthearted pace along with kind of where they are, if that makes sense. So I yeah. might be saying hard things, but I'm saying them in a really kind way. Yeah. Yeah. The last time that I preached to junior high students, um, I I don't know where I picked this up. I did not do it intentionally. Um, but like my thing was, I just did like a really loud shushing sound that like started loud and got quieter. And ultimately like fizzed out into nothing. And like, I remember how satisfied I felt getting to the end of that. And the room was just like silent for a second. And I was like, okay, that worked. Interesting. I'm going to throw that in my pocket and maybe use that again. (laughs) It's funny to like figure out how, how you connect with certain audiences. And I was doing it in kind of like a playful way and it was after a funny story and, you know, but anyway, I I think that's, that's really great advice. So um, let's talk. Okay. Let's, let's talk about preaching. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that at, at Saddleback, you guys plan out your, your sermon series, you know, months in advance. And then at a time you sit down to write a sermon and it's like, okay, we had planned that on this night, we were going to preach on this topic and use this text. Um, is this rhythm, like, is this resonate with you? Is that often something that happens? Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, coming out of COVID, we had to refine that rhythm. Yeah, totally. Because um, I think we used to be uh, a way planned out for an advanced. And to be totally honest, it's been a real challenge to, we used to be planned out like a year in advanced. And 
now I think about that and I'm like, oh, how did we do that? Because currently we're about six months out and then we have a loose year plan, but that year plan changes a little bit. Now our church has been through some transition, so we've had to change some things, but, um, but yeah, we plan, uh, we have a pretty stable plan six months out. We're really thinking about the season. So like, you know, summer and fall, you know, um, June through December is a pretty distinct season for us. And then January through May is a pretty distinct season. So we really kind of think of those two times in the year. Um, and then, yeah, we plan, we do three week, three to four weeks series. Um, in middle school, we hit three things every year, even though we might repackage or use different text. We always hit some sort of belonging series that's talking around relationships, community, because that's a big one for junior high, especially sixth grade. Mm-hmm. We always hit identity because that's a huge, huge one for junior high. And then we always hit purpose. So those three pieces you'll see pop up in the course of every year of middle school ministry. We just prepackage them. That's the beauty about middle school ministry is you could teach a sixth grader or something and then teach them the same thing as a seventh grader and the same thing as an eighth grader. And developmentally, it'll hit really different every mm, time. Interesting. So if you just change the title slide, They'll never know, <laughs> but um, honestly, so, but then, you know, we sprinkle, we really kind of split up our count, our teaching calendar in thirds. So we do a third doctrine. We do a third, like junior high Christian life. And then we do a third that's like felt need. So yeah. felt need would be if there's something cultural we want to add in, we leave space in our teaching calendar, every kind of season, every quarter to, to, do we need to address something culturally or do we want to preach around something cultural? So we always leave space for that in our calendar as well. That's cool. Um, so when you sit down to write a sermon, um, a sermon that you had planned out up to six months in advance, um, you sit down, you look at the text, you look at the topic, uh, you know, obviously, you know, a, a primary goal of writing the sermon is I want to be faithful to scripture and I want to speak, you know, what God wants to speak to these, to these junior high students. So let's assume that we're checking those boxes and let's talk about this third piece of it, which is how do you begin crafting your message in order to make it engaging to junior hires? Yeah. The practical piece. Um, yeah. I mean, I spend, if, if I'm going to preach on the weekend, then I spend probably six hours, um, on a sermon. That's probably a pretty six to seven hours, maybe throughout the week on it. Um, I always start with prayer and study. So I just spend an hour, um, just praying myself, studying kind of, you know, really letting some things rise up. There might be some in the arc that we've created, the the arc of the series, there might be some points that we think are important to hit. So I'll kind of refocus back on what we studied when we created the series. Um, so I'll spend usually an hour or so in that space. And then um, the writing space is for junior high. I really think, you know, a, a really strong bottom line. So, so you know that you know what you want them to walk out of the room with. So usually that's the first place I start is what's the most important thing that they understand when they walk out of the room um, and then kind of allow scripture to inform how we talk about that. Um, and so shaping a junior high message, um, I think junior hires can handle a lot. I do. They could, they soak in tons of content. Um, I just prefer um to craft a message with two or three things for them. I, you know, having them hang on to 
more than that, I feel like it's hard as a communicator to keep things simple with middle school if you if you go too far beyond that for myself. Um, so I like to stick with a couple of really good things that I want them to hold on to and walk out with. Um, I do think it's important to bring it into their world. So illustrations or stories that I would tell. I want them to feel really relevant to them. So I don't tell a whole lot of stories about being a mom. Right. Or about my job or, you know, whatever. I, I want to tell stories that feel like they can understand putting themselves in that situation or, hey, when you were, you know, when I was a little kid and I sat in the backseat of my car, I hated it, you know. So I might tell stories about that time frame in my life, but I'm always trying to think through like, how does this help a middle schooler? Um, also, any kind of application is thinking through application that is at a middle school level. So next steps or challenges or encouragement. Um, I want to use examples that all feel really middle school friendly. So it's all stuff that they can grab onto in their life. Um, so even the way I tell stories, I don't tell a whole lot of stories about me as a, an adult in the adult world, because then they just see their mom up there, you know? Yeah. So I want to bring things into like, know this part of your world, you know, and when we see Jesus teach everything, you know, around nature, you kind of get that, right? Because yeah. he used something that was universal. So with junior high, I think that's really important. Universal storytelling, illustrations, things that they can really wrap their mind around. So I think that's a really important piece. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I write the message, takes me a couple hours usually to feel good. And then I talk it through a few times. Um, with middle schoolers, you can't command the room of middle schoolers without confidence in what you're saying and not mm. believing what you're saying. Yeah. And so I spent some time really getting behind what what has been formed. And, you know, do I believe this? Because if I believe it, I'm pretty confident to say it without even looking at my notes, you know. And yeah. so um, I think with middle school, that's really important. I don't think it matters as much in high school or with adults if you're looking back at your notes a ton because they're looking for something different. Middle schoolers are looking for your presence engaged, pulling them in and inviting them into the text. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really great. So you mentioned something about kind of having a strong bottom line. Um, curious about this. You come up with a bottom line. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw out one that we're using at Superstart this year. So our kind of big theme is um, if you have a feeling you can pause in that moment and remember that Jesus felt that same thing too. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's kind of our bottom line throughout all of Superstart. In, in a sermon, how many times are you saying that? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, probably like, I don't know, eight to 10 times. Okay, cool. Um, I wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. Yeah. Cause yeah. there are times, I don't know, do you ever like when you're writing a sermon for junior hires, it's not really for me. It's not for Brad. It's not for Katie. Like I've targeted it to somebody who's in a much different phase of life than me. Um, mm -hmm. I think there might be something in me that like gets bored with the sermon as I'm mm. preaching it. Have you ever experienced, I, I like, maybe I'm alone in that, but like, um, yeah. it's like, I'm saying something and I'm like, there's no way that this is connecting because it wouldn't connect with me. You know, sure. but like yeah. just kind of remembering where you are and what the context is. No, I, I really loved all of what you said. And um, you've been so gracious to spend quite a bit of time with us here. We're, we're kind of getting to the point where we're going to wrap things up, given a lot of practical advice. I'm curious to know, um, you've been in ministry for nearly 30 years. 
in your in your role, which is incredible. And want to congratulate you on that. Not a lot of people do not a lot of people do that. And, um, I think it's admirable that you've made it as long as you've had and that you've served in one church for as long as you have. Uh, but I know Katie, that that means that you've experienced some seasons that probably have been less than ideal, um, Mm. seasons that have been really hard and difficult to get through. Um, so for those who are working with junior hires, I kind of want to just give you a last word to encourage them and ask you like, what has kept you going? What's kept you moving forward in those hard seasons? And what has kept you invested in junior high ministry? Those are really great questions. Um, <laughs> well, I would say if you're if you're currently a middle school youth worker, um, I think the best advice I ever got was don't quit, <laughs> which seems so simple. Easy but enough, right? <laughs> it just I think every season that's hard does does eventually come to an end, just like really awesome and great seasons of favor come to an end, you know? And so um, I think the beauty of hanging in there in youth ministry is that you get to see the seasons change. So there are things that are formed and developed in us in really tough seasons where we grow and we're stretched and we're challenged with that one kid. But then the next time we engage with a new group, you know, we're using everything that God did in that tough season in a season of favor or in a good season or whatever you would call it. So I think there's beauty in the seasons changing. And so to, to, to just continue to pour in and lean in knowing that every season has a time frame around it, I think is an important thing to hold on to. And I think too, if you're a middle school youth worker, you're in the most important place. You really are. And spiritual development, colliding with a kid at this age could change their whole life. It could put them on a trajectory towards a whole life with Jesus. And just think how how amazing it is to be a part of the front end of that and how special it is to just encourage a kid. And I think the last thing is you don't have to squeeze everything into middle school. So, you know, we're not teaching the entire Bible to middle schoolers because if we're putting them on a trajectory towards lifelong faith, they'll have a lifetime to grow in their knowledge and love of God's word. They'll have their lifetime to learn Bible stories. You know, we're not trying to get through all of them. You know, you have a very short season where, again, helping them fall in love with the church and take one really big next step in their relationship with Jesus could be all that they need to move to that next phase. And each phase is about moving them to the next phase, giving them just what they need at this time. So remember that you don't have to squeeze everything in. You don't have to teach every lesson. Sometimes you don't teach a lesson at all, and that's okay, too. You just show up, and you're a consistent, loving adult who loves Jesus, showing them how to love Jesus in, like, regular, everyday stuff. Um, And so, I don't know. I think that's always an encouraging thing for me with middle school is I'm one part of the discipleship process. I'm not the whole thing. So I'm not trying to squeeze everything in. And, you know, middle schoolers are kind of crazy, so you can't really screw them up too badly. You know, they're Mm -hmm. already kind of a little bit crazy. And so embrace that as, you know, um, as something that's special and not something that takes away from what you're trying to do. Yeah. Well, Katie, I could not amend or add anything to anything you just said, even if I wanted to. I appreciate that. And um, (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. I think this was a really, really fun conversation. And I think it'll be a really encouraging one to the junior high pastors that, that listen to this. I hope so. It's an honor to be with you. And gosh, blessings to all the middle school people out there. Thank you.
I am super thrilled. I'm delighted. I'm ecstatic. I'm honored to say, be joined. Say three more things. I'm, I'm, I can't. <laughs> you could start over. I'm <laughs> those, sorry. Those are all my, uh, I'm excited. Those are all of my expositional words that I know. Ooh. I'm over the moon. I am on cloud nine. Wow. I am at a, a 10 right now because I am joined. Cheapers. By my good friend, Mallory Jenkins. Mallory, welcome back to Beyond the Event. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be back. Uh, Mallory, you said that last time you were on here, you were, I'm using your words. Yeah. Taken aback. Yeah. By how kind I was to you. Yes. Because that's not the norm. No. You and I have a back and forth. And well, so- actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut in here. <laughs> because there's something in, that's important for me to say here. Which is that of all of the people who are on staff at Christ and Youth, you are the person who has slapped me in the face the most times. This is true. Yeah. This is true. And it's not even just like once. Multiple times. Yeah. Several. Um, To give some context, uh, we are in a improv group together. I don't just walk down the halls of CIY and slap Brad. But I wouldn't put it past me because we have a back and forth. So I was telling Brad as we were getting ready to hit record that I was a little nervous because I didn't expect to be asked back because I felt like my conversation was a little flat because the whole time I was like, he's going to call me a stupid head. I'm going to tell him to go. I can work with that. To go jump off a curb. (laughs) And I was just like, he's so nice to me. I'm sorry. I will try to be a little bit more normal. I was on my best behavior for our wonderful listeners who frankly don't need to get caught up in this drama. No, you know, but but you know, it's a little fun. The whole point of having other people who work at CIY on this podcast for me is to give like a glimpse behind the curtain. It's to let you see, you know, here's what life is like at CIY. They need to know that we are sitting in a room that is the size of a broom closet right now, that it is 119 degrees, that it smells like a dead animal Mm -hmm. and that we're just doing our best. Yeah. We think that a raccoon got stuck in a wall or a pipe or something. There's really a smell. There, there's 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 really a smell. So if this segment is a lot shorter than normal, you'll know why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mal, it is March the 1st when we're recording this. Um, I know. I know. Nervous, <laughs> nervous chatter. chatter. Uh, March the 1st means that it's almost May 1st, which means that it's almost summer. Stop. Are you giving me a kidney stone? I'm not Can giving you. Speak I, it into well, existence? I don't know if I'm giving you a kidney stone, but Cheapers. that's a real like after, therefore, because of thing that I'm not really to get into. <sighs> but um, I'm curious to know what you're working on. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, so well yes. okay. You're working on so many things. Yes. What are you excited about that you're working on? Okay. Well, I'm excited about everything I'm working on. I love that my job is getting to come in and create and manage a team and and get to uh, really just dive into the Bible and tell stories. So it's very hard because I love it all. So I'd say, like you said, it's it's March 1st, which basically means it's like May 23rd and all the event staff are going to show up. And then I'm going to be like, <gasps> and have a lot of lip sweat. Um, <laughs> but uh, I sweat a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> sweat. But my lips are just... Damp. Uh, it's just terrible. So I'm just, you said it and now I'm sweating. Um, yes, when spring hits and it's a nice day, there is a little bit of like, 
yeah. before you know it, we're going to be packing four semi trucks and then we're going to travel over the country, which is really exciting. But it's also like, did I turn in my homework? Um, so to get to your question. <laughs> well, you did turn in your homework. You are turning in your homework. Yes. Because like I notice, and here's the thing about Mal, about you, Mal, um, is you you really explore the space when it gets <laughs> when it gets time, you know? These things don't happen in Mal's office. They happen mm-hmm. everywhere. So like there's a giant wall outside of your office right now. And it's like got masking tape all over it to like line out where LED screens are going to be. And there's one day last year I walked into my office and there's just like a bunch of paracord on my desk. And it's like, hey, cut this. Love Mal. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Um, That wasn't last year. No. Well, there was paracord. Last year it was for our pinata punch pinatas. And it was felt. And I sent like three CIY all like emails and was like, help me cut felt, LOL. And then like. But everybody's so busy, like totally, and we help each other all the time. But then finally I was like, it's either I cut a thousand or everybody cuts 15. So I just put it on people's desks and put part of the crew, part of the ship. There you go. Just a Pirates of the Caribbean line. It really like sinks in and everybody <laughs> like did it. And it was very sweet. Maybe not the best leadership skill to just throw work on people, but everybody was a part of it. The pinatas got made. Yeah. And the kids punched them, and they were beautiful and wonderful, and I loved it. They were. Um, so give me a give me a behind-the-scenes, give me a glimpse at, at one project that's on your desk right now that you're like, this is going to rock. So we are working on, um, on a doodle book for the mix store. And so this year we're living in this doodle world. So we'll have doodles come to life and help students read scripture and, you know, um, point out things inside of these, you know, um, big kind of collages of, um, of pictures and words. And you know how kids doodle in the lines. And so can we take those practices that kids are already doodling while you preach a lesson or while they're in class and use that constructively to help them like memorize scripture more by by writing down and drawing it out. And so we're going to do that live at the event. But also um, Superstart has had this amazing Kingdom Worker journal for preteens um, that they've had at their store the past few years. And it's like a coloring book and an activity book. And so um, Rob Watson, who uh, is the lead programmer for Superstart, he helped me greatly in cultivating some content for this book that we could doodle out and it could be a coloring book for students, but also it's a devotional. It's an activity book. It's helping them like sketch things out and think through scripture. Um, But what I'm most excited about is God gives us a lot of time and a lot of talent um, to put these, these um, projects together. And I really love that sometimes I take on too much because I'm like, I'll do it. It'll be easy. I'll, I'll just like, because um, our graphic designer in Ireland, he jokes with me because he makes all the beautiful Outer Realm um, mascots and they're just gorgeous. And then in the Outer Realm videos, there are like childlike drawings. Uh, that's me because <laughs> I'm free. I'm just free. I just Googled like, what does a clip look like? And then I'm like, ah, I'll doodle it. And so he's like, who made, what kid made the drawings? I was like, shush. And so, and so uh, we try to craft together a lot. And so sometimes I don't delegate or think of other 
ways that things can get done. If it's something that like, oh, I'll watch Parks and Rec, I'll doodle all the things, it's no big deal. Um, but God like opened up a way and just really revealed, he was like, hey, uh, don't take on another project that you can do. But it's not going to be meaningful if you're just trying to get it done. And so there is um, two of our staff members, they're married, and their daughter is amazing at calligraphy. And she is actually 15, and she's going to do all of the art for this book. And so uh, Rob and I worked on the content, and we gave it over to her today. And she has a month to put together this book. And so she gets to draw and create, and students get to be inspired by something a student can do. Because, yes, I could do it, but God is just so cool how he just reveals, what if a student did it? That is kingdom work, that this student, 15-year-old, could use their talents, gifts, and abilities to make a book for students to be inspired by. So that's something I literally just sent an email about. Yeah. I'm very excited. Good. It sounds awesome. And I should have said this right at the top. Mallory is our lead programmer for Mix, for those who don't know. So junior high summer program, a four-day event for junior high students. It's like the coolest thing ever. So if if you're registered for Mix, we're pumped to see you there. If you're not uh, – you should go get registered for Mix right now while you're listening to this. You can do two things at once. You can listen. You can register. Um, so make that happen. Mal, while they're registering, what do you love about junior high students? Oh, I just love how authentic they are. And that's authentic in like sweet moments, but weird moments, awkward moments. They're just fantastic. Um, I think one of my favorite stories from this summer was we have a response element um, on our third night to kind of say, hey, do you want to give your life over to the Lord for the first time or maybe um, repent and rededicate your life? And um, we had them press the subscribe button to say, I'm subscribing to Jesus and following him and learning what it's like to be a follower. And there was this line of kids, and I was holding the button because at Lee University in Tennessee, they got like these amazing wood floors, but they are slick. And so I ran down because they were pushing it. Basically, these strong like iron men, you know, middle schoolers were pushing it back. And so I was holding it. So I got like this front row seat to see like these students' faces, like make these decisions. It was super sweet. And they would come up together and hold hands and bring an adult leader and pray. But there was this one student, he couldn't have been over sixth, seventh grade. And he was in line and he he stepped up to this big button and he was so small. And he reached out his hand and then he stopped. And I was like, oh, I wonder what. And he took his, he had a green clown wig on and he took it off <laughs> with such reverence. He like took it off and placed it on his, on his heart and then push, <laughs> pushed the button and then turned to like go to the back of the line, go back to see. And he put his wig back on. And I was like, that is the most authentic thing I've ever seen in my life is that like this moment of like maturity and reverence and like respect, but it's taking off a green clown wig yeah, and then putting it back on. And that's what I love about students is that they're that genuine about these big decisions. And I just love getting to be a part of it. Authentic, like one that. You're around a thousand other middle schoolers and you decided to wear a green clown wig. Yeah. Like, okay, well, yeah. props, well done. But then also like you take your hat off for the national anthem and you take your green wig off to punch the subscribe button. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like 
you know, some churches do and don't. You can bring coffee in. You can eat. They have pews, chairs, you know, hats, yes or no. Like, my family, you'll never wear a hat. Like, my dad wears a hat every day of his life, but we get to see the top of the dome during church, one hour a week. <laughs> you know, he doesn't wear a hat to church. And so, to me, it's like, oh, I, I was raised with that, um, but I don't really wear hats, so I don't think of it. But this boy just kind of took that that culture of his and maybe his church and, like, took the severity of this moment to say, I'm making a decision for Christ, so I'm going to do it the most respectful I can. I don't know. It just made me, like, I was just gushing and bawling. I love it, it so was much. amazing. Yeah, I love it so much. I love how much you love working with junior high students and how, uh, you know, over many years you've been kind of uh, a student of that culture. And, um, like, our programming at Mix is just so intentional for – them and and I just love it so much. So thank you for all well, that. In light of all of that, in in spite of all, I don't know, transition, uh, fill in the blank Beep with boop. your own Beep creative boop, transition. We're gonna do the mailbag now. Ooh. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I love mail. I hope that our listeners could hear you just now taking a big old drink of your well I, of your Starbies. I take a talk a lot and I get smacky. Go to Starbucks order. Um, it is a venti caramel macchiato, iced light caramel. Venti caramel macchiato, iced light caramel. Yes. If I hear of anybody who brings Mal a venti oh caramel gosh. macchiato iced with light caramel at a mix event this summer and says, I heard this is what you like on the podcast, you're coming on the podcast. Oh, my gosh. I'll cry. That's a test. So like, you got to tell me. in the summer – Oh, you I'll tell it. you immediately. You need it. Oh, my gosh. And this one, I was wearing an overall dress. And I always love when I get to talk to people. But it was the cutest thing. This, like, um, this like older gentleman came uh, and was a sponsor. And he was, like, the bus driver of the students. And last year he, like, came up and he, like, gave me, like, a very like, – like, a bottle of water. And it was, like, very sweet. And he was, like, by the way, my wife would love that outfit. <laughs> What? Where'd you get it? And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like sharing links. I love talking to people, especially <laughs> you give me a liquid. Whoa. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, okay. Mailbag. So mailbag, Mal, as you know, is when we try to answer questions directly from youth pastors. Um, I love the questions that we get. I love the funny questions. I love the silly questions. I love the serious questions. I love giving you guys a peek behind the curtain. I love letting our youth pastors uh, tap into the amazing resource of our people that we have here at Christ and Youth. So, um, Mal, I don't know if you know this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you how you, if you wanted to, could submit a question to the I mailbag to. for Christ and Youth. Um, you can, you can, you can email us at podcast at com. Pretty easy to remember. Easy. Podcast at com. You can submit a question on the CIY Community Facebook group. All right. Or mm-hmm. you can. Mail us. I love snail mail. I love snail mail too. You can mail us something at P.O. Box B, Joplin, Missouri, 64801. Um, I, I have a box that uh, the Creekside Christian Church, my home church in, in St. John's, Florida, sent me. And it's got a mailbag question in it and some stuff to give away. And I meant to bring it down here and I forgot it. Oh my gosh. I so love listeners just know things. that on, like Creekside, I promise on our next episode it's happening. Um, so here we go. Mailbag. Uh, our first question is from Tyler Ash. <laughs> what a bozo. What a bozo. That's the gut check reaction to Tyler Ash. It's just a good a good giggle. Um, speaking of a wonderful person who like blesses our team in Pennsylvania, him and his amazing 
uh, minister compa- companion, Becky, she and he brought us all Starbucks, like little twists, like the lattes oh, and the like milk man. bottles while we were tearing down like the big set after our last session. And it was the sweetest thing. Uh, they just brought these big bags of ice bags, and I loved it. Sorry, I could tell every three ever. But I Tyler Ash, I love you. Thank you. Well, here's this question. It says, in light of this year's theme, yes, which is all he said, this year's theme is? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. In light of this year's theme, what can ministries do this winter and spring to get students set up for a great week at Mix? Great question. Well, um, with nevertheless the theme, we are basing all of our teachings out of Galatians 2.20. And what's really exciting but also intimidating when we started thinking about this theme was that it's all out of this one verse that Paul writes. And when you think about it, this verse is just so succinct in like what the gospel is. Is it like who's the gospel about? It's about Jesus who loved you and gave, yourself, gave himself up for us. Um, and so what I would say is break down – scripture and maybe point to, you know, Jesus in in all that we do. And that seems super stupid for me to say. We point to Jesus even when we're in the Old Testament. We talk about the promise coming. I mean, we are always wanting to point students to Christ. Um, But I'd say as Galatians rolls around, since we're going to only be in this one first to kind of kick off each day and talk about how Jesus is for us, over us, alive in us, and working through us— I would say, like, what are your favorite Jesus stories of where you see he's working for you, that he's that he's over you, he is the authority, um, that he's alive in us when, when we accept him into our heart and we become believers? What's it like to go from death to life? And, and what do you see in your students or in your ministry is a great example of Jesus working through you? And I'd say for also youth ministries, maybe post of them is is really hone into students' stories. Um, it would be really cool if, I don't know, I'm making this up. I wish I could write it for us, but maybe I would. No, I can't. I can't. I can't commit to this. But like a four-week series of just breaking down our four days, our four over, in, and through, uh, what, what, if, what if you could as in, I'm going to—God is— Yes. Jesus is for, for us, us, over us, uh, alive in us, and working through us. There and is. so um, w- what if you could look into the week of mix and kind of have your eye on four students that you maybe uh, came in and they knew Jesus or they didn't know Jesus, but you kind of saw something fine-tuned and working in them. And maybe start their conversations like, hey, I want you to share with our group when we get home and maybe do a series or or be prompted to, you know, have like a student moment where it's like, hey, I really want you to share what you were talking about when it comes to authority, when it comes to um, death to life and what Jesus, this joy, you know, um, comes inside of you once you know that you're part of this family. Um I just think it would be really cool to see if we challenge students because a lot of students, they don't want to speak. They don't want to talk. Um, and I get it. Like, even as an extrovert, sometimes I have a very amenable face. And so in a crowd, it's tough because, like, in Devos or some with our staff, it's like people scan and they're like, you, frizzy-haired. <laughs> I'm going to look at you. I'm going to look you in the eye. I'm like, please don't call on me. Um, but a lot of students, they feel that way. Like, please don't call on me. But if we start conversations that really encourage them to tell their testimony, especially 
when a lot of the people that, you know, they're talking to experience the same thing, then there's a lot of comfort in saying, oh, yeah, these people saw it too. So I'm not having to explain what the week was like. And so maybe that could be something post-summer that is very uh, inspirational to your youth group to hear actual, you know, God stories. And so I I would love to hear about that. <laughs> so Tyler, if you do end up trying any of that, you got to let us know uh, how it goes. Um, okay, next question. Tony Liberatore uh, wants to know if you had – this is a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you. If you had a do-over in ministry, what would you do differently? Ooh. Hmm. A do-over in ministry. Um, I'd say that I'm trying to do this this year is that I love what we get to do. I love that we're getting to grow. I was a part of Mix back in 2016 when we only had, or no, 2014, when we only had like one team and one truck. And then we got two and then we got three. And now God has blessed us so greatly and we get four. And we're sending out four teams. So that's 44 event staff. And those are college students that come in um, like May 23rd. And they're here. They're eager to learn. They're eager to become friends. And they're eager to like do this ministry. Um, And I think... I what I'm trying to do over right this year is is be able to shepherd the program well, but also shepherd these students well. That it's kind of like a fire hydrant. They show up to Joplin, Missouri, and it's like you're sleeping here. Here's some food. Okay, let me tell you about everything we're gonna do, and here's every prop and everything. And sometimes I get a little. I'm not the best leader I can be because I'm trying to think through everything I have to communicate in a week. And so I'm not I'm not good at being present in the moment. And so this year I want my do-over to be more cool, relaxed, being able to really take in each moment and get to learn through opportunities, but also be concise with the students. I don't know if that makes sense, but maybe someone, Tony, have you ever felt this way? You're trying to do an event and you're like, la, 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 let's just go get that thing. And I'm kind of passing over this knowledge, but I'm also passing over the moment to kind of teach and lead and say, this is why I'm excited is because a student doodled the book. This is why I'm excited because we did it backwards. This is why I'm excited because someone had this idea randomly at the end of a meeting and we ended up like taking it together and we got to accomplish this together. Um, so I kind of teach what we're doing instead of why um, yeah. <clears throat> in that first week. And so I want to do that over and I want to be cooler. Well, I love that answer because it's like, I think a lot of people have big moments in their past that it's like, gosh, I wish I had done that differently. I wish I had taken that job. I wish I had not taken that job. I wish I had handled that conversation differently. But it's like, there are certain things um, as we go throughout our ministries that like just the seasons give us an opportunity to kind of um, re-examine and, and redo and do better and do differently. And it's like, um, it's a bummer, you know, that you feel like maybe you didn't do that as well with the event staff that came in last summer, but what a blessing that we get to like run the clock back and do it all over again. And we get a brand new group of students and, you know, it's kind of the same for, for Tony and all the other youth pastors out there. It's like, man, every fall 
they get another shot at like setting the tone mm-hmm. for for their ministry. Um, every fall, small group leaders get another shot at setting the tone for their small groups. Every summer, youth pastors get another opportunity to make mix a great experience or move a great experience. So it's like cool that the calendar kind of gives us do overs. And mm-hmm. um, so I loved your answer and love that uh, you know we can begin to to kind of think through that. What 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 can we do differently? What can we do? over um, in order to make ourselves better and the people that we serve better. Mal, thanks for sharing that. Tony, thanks for asking. Um, Mal, I'm going to have you close out our time together as always uh, on on this show by making you read, um, by having you read this blessing over our listeners. All right. May God show you grace and bless you. May he make his face shine on you. May you experience the love of Christ through whom God gives you fullness of life. May you be strengthened by his power. May Christ himself make his home in your heart, that you would be full of his love and grace, and that those you serve would see Jesus in you. Today's episode was produced by Michael Hester, Lauren Bryan, and myself, and guest recorded by the incomparable Terry Omart. Thank you again to Katie and Mallory for being with us today. And of course, thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with a youth ministry friend. Uh, We will be back in a week with a new miniseries on being intentional in various aspects of youth ministry programming. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to us on the CIY Community Facebook group or by email at podcast.ciy.com. See you next time.